Hello, it's Louise again with episode 9 of the Knit British podcast. Normal services have resumed. Hello all, welcome back and a special hello to new listeners of the podcast. It's lovely to have you here, I hope you enjoy your stay. (laughs) How are you all doing? It seems like ages since I podcast, but actually this is my second podcast this month. When I podcast earlier in the month, the lovely fella and I were on holiday. Um, We had been to Edinburgh, Glasgow and York and had a lovely, lovely time. It was fantastic. but we sort of were holding off colds the whole time we were away, so um, mine well and truly bit me on the bottom when I got home. It was like revenge of the cold. It was horrible. I haven't had one like that bad. I think you might remember that in the um, the June podcast, I was sort of had been holding one off for a while, so it really, really bit me on the bottom. Um, it took me ages to get over it. So um, actually today, if I sound a bit funny, it's because... <laughs> I have a swollen jaw because I've had um, dental surgery. Uh, I, oh, I should get my get my violin out. <laughs> um, actually, the podcast might join in with that because she's here with me today as well, podcast Jeremy. Um, so, tell me, were you at Woolfest? Um, how was Unwind? Are you heading uh, Are you heading to Fiber East this weekend? You might be there already. You might have come back by now. This I don't know when this is going out, uh, but I bet the National Yarn budget has taken a total dent over the last month. I am hugely excited because I'm going to Yarndale in September along with about a dozen others, I think. It kind of started really innocently. I'm not really sure what happened. <laughs> I just sort of suggested on Twitter to one person... Do you think you want to go to Yarndale? No. They said, no, probably not. They know exactly who they are. <laughs> they said, no, I don't think so. I've spent my, spent my money at, at Brighton, blah, blah, blah. Then, within, within about five minutes, this person tweeted back and said that they've bought train tickets to go to Yarndale. So this was me not even thinking that I was going to have to book a flight or anything. It was just in my mind that I might go. And I thought, oh, well... If she's going, then I might as well go. But little did I know that she was blaming me for this. She she knows who she is. Claire Devine. (laughs) Um, She was blaming me for enabling her and another dozen people. But it's all in good fun and I really, really can't wait. Um, I don't know how high the excitement will be at 6am on that Saturday at Waverley train station when... Everyone has to get the train, but I'm sure by the time we get to Skipton, it'll be ramped up to full again. Um, are you going to go to Yarndale? It would be really good. Um, let me know. It would be really good to say hello um, and have some company squishing yarn. And now I'm scared because the podcast is on the move. Jeremy, that is the cupboard that has the hoover in it. You do not want to go in there, do you? Let me out. I don't like it when she talks about me on the air. And she's back on the bed now. Okay. Can we get comfortable, please, Miss Jean? Oh no, she's going into the tripod bag. No, this doesn't ever work well for you, Jen. And now she's going into the laundry basket. This is like Jeremy's, Jeremy's assault course. Go on, Jeremy, I dare you. Oh no, on top. You might fall through it. 
No, and now from the laundry basket she's going into the bin. I promise you that my recording studio, aka bedroom, is not an actual salt course. Yes, so if you're going to Yarndale, then please, please, please let us know. Um, it would be good to see you, it would be good to say hello. And I'm looking forward to spending the day with lots of nice uh, nitty and yarny people and looking at lots of wool. I say looking at because I need to stash down before I go and I have got some a couple of things on my Ravelry stash page to to liberate <laughs> so you can have a look there and see if there's anything you fancy it's not all British wool but there's some bargains but that's by the by so how's the knitting weather been beside you has it been has it been okay has it been too sticky I'm hearing reports that some knitters have just had to get put down the knitting until it gets a bit cooler I've been managing okay <laughs> <laughs> Although saying that here in Shetland, it's been lovely, really, really lovely. Um, uh, and today's been no exception, actually. It's been fantastic. But for every nice day, we get a day of mist, so um, I suppose that's just what we have to put up with. Anyway, enough with all that. I've got heaps to be getting on with. I've got two lovely yarns to tell you about. Um, one from Townend Alpaca and one from Susan Crawford. I've got a giveaway from... Claire Divine, I've got some Lush Podcast news, and I have another old Shetland knitting term, which has a hilarious double meaning. What do you think a HESP is? H-E-S-P. HESP. It's quite nice to say. HESP. What is a HESP? Jeremy, who is now watching me from inside the, the, the wardrobe. Like she, I feel like she's a little bit like, you know, the, the critics in the Muppets that sit in the in the balcony, that's Jeremy, just sitting, watching me from, it's quite disconcerting. I'll try not to be too distracted by her. Apologies if I am. So get your whip and get your drink. And I hear that the podcast has been enjoyed on trains this month. So be careful, don't drop your yarn down the aisle and um, try not to spill your drink. And um, let's get going. I was really pleased to receive a parcel from Townend Alpaca recently and when I put my hand in the envelope I thought I had put my hand into an envelope full of fluffy kittens. Um, <laughs> I don't know how many of you are aware of Townend Alpaca. Um, they're Brian and Kim and they've been breeding alpaca in Cumbria since 2006 and they have about 100 alpacas. Kim and Brian sort their, uh, hand sort their yarn and they produce a very fine um, hand knitting yarn. I can tell you that it's quite unlike alpaca in my stash. It's very soft indeed, but it's it's a semi-worsted. It has a great plumpiness. It is that kind of yarn that says one thing to me, and that is great stitch definition. My favourite, absolute favourite, is the Shetland alpaca, and this is just a lovely... No, in fact, it's a charming yarn. It's wool and spun, so it's lofty. It's got a lovely halo, one of those long lustrous alpaca um, halos. Um, it's 90% alpaca and 10% Shetland, and the Shetland gives the alpaca a lovely plump robustness. I've used plump twice now. I'll try not to use it again. Um, it's a great yarn. It To me, it's really reminiscent of the kind of jumpers I had as a child. Now, I don't think there was... A bit of alpaca in any of those in Shetland in 1983, I doubt it. Um, but uh, but this soft knitted fabric has a gorgeous hazy echo and it's got a very slight vintage feel and that is quite apt 
because Townend Alpacas have had a little collaboration with True Brit Knits. True Brit Knits and Townend Alpaca had a collaboration last year. They came out with a range of baby garments with a Beatrix Potter theme. I just adore their vintage-inspired designs. Really lovely blackberry stitches and cabling. And it's also a nod to Townend Alpaca's Lake District location as well. This year's range is inspired by Swallows and Amazons. There are three toddler slash child size garments and they're all named after the families in the book, Walker and Blackett, and also Arthur Ransom, the writer himself. The latter is a jumper with a lovely colour combination showcasing Town and Alpaca's great natural colour range. Walker is a beautiful cardigan with lace detail in the sleeves and in the body, but my favourite, I think, is Blackett, a really great vintage feel garment with great blocks of texture. Um, including a great fleck pattern. And I knit up a sample of, you know, just a square to sort of mirror the front of the cardigan. And this yarn really is perfect for uh, textured knits. Um, again, that plump, oh, plump third time? Uh, that fat is just rude. Um, that buxom yarn with a slight rustic haze is just really, really, really delightful. I'll put the links to the True Brit Knits designs on the show notes, as well as the turn end alpaca details, but I can tell you that you can visit truebritknits.com town-end-alpacas.co.uk The yarn is available from the website, and they have the following yarns available. They have Pure Alpaca Double Knit, which is all natural shades. They have that in a four-ply and iron, a two-ply lace weight and a chunky. There is also a small selection of double knit that is dyed. Um, and the Shetland Alpaca is in iron and chunky. And the prices range from six to nine pounds, which is, I think, really reasonable. And you're getting uh, a yarn that is just so soft and something a bit special for your stash, I think. Many thanks to Kim um, at Ten End Alpacas and for Belinda for let me have a sneak peek at the patterns. I really, really hope to see more from these two. Um, I'm hoping some adult garments. That would be lovely. Babies have been done. Ch- children have been done. Maybe that's the next collaboration, guys. Maybe maybe something, <laughs> something for us adults and um, that would be really, really lovely to see. So a couple of episodes ago I was discussing um, a Shetland knitting term and I asked you to get in touch if there were any knitting terms or words that were either local dialect words or you were unsure of the origin. Because I'm always interested to have a wee delve. I mean I'll I'll never say that I'll get it right but I'm always interested to delve into origins of things. Um, Well that one must have gone down like a lead balloon because despite a wee reminder in the group page I had no takers. Not one. Not one suggestion. That's fine. It doesn't matter. It's fine. I'm not taking it personally, but I'm just going to bore you with another one. Um, <laughs> uh, this is obviously this is another Shetland knitting term, and the word is hesp. Do you think you know what it means? Well, before looking into it, I thought it sounded like it was like a wisp fibre, you know, after spinning or. Um, you know, one of those little bits of clipped yarn that I keep finding all over the house. Um, I don't know, they're just breeding, I'm sure they are. Well, the Shetland Dictionary says that hesp is, and this is me quoting from them, a skein of yarn for spinning from 400 to 500 threads according to their thickness. 
Hmm. Well, is it singles ready to ply? I mean, I have seen it unwound hanks that have been referred to as hesps, so, you know, I'm not not quite sure, but it's got me thinking about the earlier uses of the word. And in the 1852 Etymological Dictionary of the Scottish Language, it has hasp, H-A-S-P, as a hank of yarn made from 12 cuts, roughly a day's spinning. Cuts? What are cuts? That's another term that I'm not familiar with. So thanks to the Dictionary of the Scottish Language, which is online and is fantastic, I'll put a link to the to the website on the show notes. A cut is a term for a quantity of yarn which is 120 rounds on the spinning reel. So by that logic, a hesp of yarn is equivalent to 1,440 rounds. I'm saying that with a question mark, you can hear it in my voice. Um, so someone who spins will have to tell me, does that... What is that? Does that equate to yardage? I would really love some spinner's input on that because that would be quite interesting to know. The more I was looking into this and sort of seeing the word and, and sort of hearing it, I started to get a niggle that I'd, that I'd heard this before um, and something to do with spinning. Um, and I had found while I was, as I sort of went on researching on the internet, that um, an archaic term for a spinning device was called a hesper. And then I ca- that sort of let me cast my mind back further to when I learned to do drop spindling. And I remembered that the teacher talked about a tool that she had called a hespetry, which was a device for winding wool. There was many different, sp- uh, trying many different spellings of this word. It led me to Norway and a type of device that is a swift or reel for winding wool. And it's H-E-S-P-E-T-R-E. Hespetry. I hope I'm saying. I hope I'm not saying that wrong. And I'll put pictures up. There's some great pictures on Digital Museum um, of uh, very early hespetries. It's something that I would say is very like a swift that we would see today, a tabletop swift. Although I think these could have been a lot bigger. And when I was looking on the Shetland Museum website, see if I could find any pictures of of something similar being used here, I found a hesp tree, which. Is exactly looks exactly like what we would call a nidinoddy. And I can only think that the term for winding wool has sort of migrated over from Norway and has been applied to another kind of wool winding device. And I absolutely adore how that happens and how the name of the thing has changed from one word to two. Like perhaps it was sort of just easier for Shetlanders to say hespetree rather than hespetree or however it was pronounced or that the original pronunciation was just lost um, as it's been carried over from Norway to Shetland and as I say I'll post up some pictures um, of those hespetrees and hespetrees <laughs> but it's really an interesting word I mean I'm still really not much the wiser as what a hesp looks like other than I think it is a hank of yarn and, and it's f- you know funny how the word has sort of changed and meant different things there are alternative meanings for the word. I found that in um, on that dictionary of the Scottish language uh, from Fife and also in Ulster, there uh, there is um, evidence of hesp hesp being used um, to describe something that is hard to do, um, difficult a difficult job, a hespit task, um, and also a hespit woman, which refers derogatory term uh, for a, for a woman. And actually that links quite well with uh, the Norwegian uh, double meaning, which I didn't know there was a double meaning until I, you know, when you when you go on Google and you're on a different site and you can 
Google Translate what the page says. So I was on the, it was the Digitalt Museum, which is really great, um, really great pictures and um, of uh, Norwegian artefacts. I think there's one probably for the whole Nordic and Scandinavian countries, but I'll, that's by the by, I'll put that information on the show notes. But when I clicked, <laughs> when I clicked translate, the translation of Hespetry was real bitch. <laughs> Sorry if you have, you know, if your ears are delicate, but that to me is quite amusing. And I just wonder if a hespitry has always been meant a, a derogatory term towards a woman and has been applied to this device or maybe the device, you know, the, the swift name um, was applied to a certain type of woman. Maybe it was a certain type of bitch <laughs> or hag. Um, or old bism, maybe that's a better one. Bism, that's a good Scottish word. Maybe it was a certain type of old bism that um, that spun, and maybe that's why the name became used for the the device. I would really like to know. If you know, then do do drop me a line because that is that is really funny and and uh, really interests me actually why things are called things. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I know that a lot of Shetland terms well a lot of Shetland words um have their base in you know the old Norse and um you know have come over from Scandinavian countries so I sort of knew that Hesp wasn't going to be an indigenous Shetland word but I didn't expect it to take quite that journey so you've gone from Shetland to um Fife and Ulster uh, and all the way to Norway um and I'm gonna lay down the gauntlet Okay, that was a very heavy gauntlet, but, um, you know, if you have any, think, oh gosh, yeah, what does that word mean? What does that knitting or wooly term mean? I don't know, I'm not, I'm not always going to get it right, but I really do like looking into these things and, um, and it's a bit of a journey, isn't it? So, so do let me know, get it on the, on the Ravelry group or drop me a line. There is somebody in the Ravelry, Ravelry group who liked that thread, you know, agreed or, or found it interesting the the thread that I had started um, about uh, words for things. So, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of interest out there in this section of the podcast. So, so get in touch. In my little extra episode at the beginning of the month, I told you that I had a little exclusive from Jess from Ginger Twist Studios and designer Claire Divine, and they revealed in an interview that they were publishing a collection of beautiful accessory patterns in Jess's lovely hand dyed. The collection of patterns uh, has been carefully designed um, and used just one skein of Ginger's hand dyed to feature exquisite garments to take you from summer to autumn. You will be able to buy the patterns from head to toe um, on Ravelry and from Ginger Twist singly. And there is also an ebook and a published book in the works. Lovely Claire has also been busy, busy, busy with other fantastic things such as embiggening two of her sock patterns uh, from the Sock Anatomy book, which, if you don't know, that's a collection of socks for itty bitty feet to help knitters explore sock, heels and toes. 
uh, Tarsi Grande and Brevis Grande are her first adult sock designs and she's also launched the patterns as kits with the very highly delightful duo Yarn Garden, George and Louise. The patterns are £3 on Ravelry, but if you uh, £3 each on Ravelry. And if you've previously bought Sock Anatomy, you would have got these as a free update. What a lovely gesture. She's such a lovely girl, even though she implicates me as an enabler. Um, and if... <laughs> I'm not bitter. Um, I am an enabler. <laughs> if you buy both the adult size and the child size socks, then you'll get a lovely discount. So how, how nice is that? You could buy you know, one to knit for yourself and buy the other one to knit for your son or daughter or niece or nephew or charity knitting, because that's always good. Um, not content with doing all that and being very busy, she's offering you, Knit British listeners, a Bloomin' giveaway too. Claire has one head-to-toe ebook and two prizes of the Montrose hat pattern up for grabs. To enter, you need to comment on the show page on the blog and I will also open up a thread on the Knit British group on Ravelry for extra entries. You must enter by telling me which one of Claire's patterns in a Ravelry... In her Ravelry pattern store, you would covet the most. And, as my belly rumbles, I'm going to be very pedantic about this. Anyone who comments without doing this doesn't get an entry. Not one. It's, oh, it's a rant. could be a rant. Um, I'm so grateful for when anybody wants to give something away on Knit British, you know, whether it's a yarn or a pattern. Um... And I usually ask entrants to comment with their favourite pattern or yarn by that um, person because I think it gives them good feedback on what knitters like and what knitters like about their wares. And it's just nice to see people being nice about other people's work, I think. And I do get a little bit annoyed when I state how people should enter these competitions and then you get some entrants, and I'm doing that in air quotes because they don't actually get an entry I get really annoyed when entrants think that they can get away with just leaving their name and their or their contact details and not actually do what they're told <laughs> it doesn't wash with me and they don't get entered and that's not how you play the game so once more you can <laughs> that was a total rant um, you can you can enter the competition to win head to toe ebook and two there's two prizes of the Montrose hat pattern. So that's first prize, second prize, third prize. There will be comment on the show page. There is a thread on Ravelry for extra entries. And you have to answer with which one of Claire's patterns you would like to knit the most and why. And I will draw the three winners at random um, before the next podcast at the end of August. Thank you so much to Claire for being so fantastically generous. Um, what a lovely prize bundle. <laughs> Have you cast on your lush along with me, Shiny Bees, Knit Spin Cake and Kathmus Craft Collective? To pinch Miranda's mum's phrase, this is such fun. Um, as we're dotted all over the place, the only way to successfully host the Carl is going on safari and this means that the chat thread takes its turn in each group and that week's pod host might also post blog podcast etc on their progress i've managed a few posts but unfortunately it's sort of eaten into my knitting time and 
other things time and my progress is not so hot. <laughs> uh, for those of you who haven't been following the podcast or the blog, we are knitting the Tin Can Knits Cardigan Lush and we cast on on the 20th of July and we are knitting until the uh, 14th of September, which is the cast off date. Of course, you can take as long as you want to do it. You have to be at least 75% finished by the cast-off date to qualify for a prize. There are prizes. There are some fantastic prizes. It would be nice if we could sort these prizes out for you, so hopefully by the next podcast we can tell you what they are. But as I say, we are dust all over the place and other things take priority, but there are prizes. There are amazing prizes, and you could be in with a chance of winning them. I should say that there are Tin Can Knits prizes for each of the podcast groups, so chat in every chat thread, just because you don't... You know, you you don't listen to the other podcasts or you don't listen to my podcast or you're not a member of the group. Join the group. Join in with the chat. Um, you can always leave again if you don't like us. I'm sure we're all lovely, so you get on fine with us. Um, uh, join the groups. Join the chat because there are going to be chatter thread prizes for each of the four podcasters and they're from Tin Can Knits. There are also going to be prizes from the podcasters. There is also a fantastic prize from Blacker as well and I think also we have a prize, a one skein kit from um, Wednesdaydale Wool Sheep Shop as well which I'm knitting with. Um, So basically the criteria really is you just have to be 75% finished with your item by the cast off date. You have to tag your project Lush Pod Cal or Lush hyphen pod hyphen Cal so we can sort of keep a track of it and also you could if you are going to join all our groups which would be lovely we would love to have you then also share your project with with the groups because you know you've got that little um, facility on your project page to drop down menu to share it with the groups that you belong to so that would be lovely too. I did say in the beginning that I was going to try and post a blog every day but I didn't manage that. I did say I'd try um, but I've got um, a few posts up there. I've got one about blocking lace and one about picking up stitches with a few tutorials and pictorials uh, and videos from clever people such as Tin Can Knits. As I said, I'm using Wensleydale Longwell Sheep Shop and I really love it. You know, the, you know, I like the sheepy wools. Um, this one has lovely long wool haze and it's got a great luster. It's a tiny bit crisp to the touch. Some people may not cope with overly crisp yarns sort of wearing them some people have a problem wearing those next to the skin but you know I've grown up with Shetland on her back since day dot then that doesn't really bother me I do do a little sigh actually when people say you know they look at your wool garment and they feel it and they say and you can wear it next to your skin it's not made of nettles (laughs) I think I think some people get a little too preoccupied with the soft buttery yarns and we all know merino is lovely but you know Try some breed yarns. Get look look at some of the characteristics of the other yarns that we have out there that are not all just highly twisted soft loveliness. There are other yarns out there that have a bit more character and can be just as soft. I mean, let's not forget the wonders of what washing and dressing does to wool as well. You know, we have some amazing wool yarns in this country, and I do think that some knitters sort of disregard them because you know they have that crisper feel or are slightly rustic but that doesn't mean that they can't be worn next to your skin and rustic and crisp doesn't mean itchy or or that it's an inferior yarn somehow I mean the feel of a fibre 
the feel of it can be quite different from the handle. And if I get my my yarn, you know, if I can you hear me, this is my yarn. Um, if I sort of take the ball in my hand and I, you know, rub my hand over. This is sounding really pornographic. <laughs> I take the skein of yarn in my hand and, and sort of lightly rub over it <laughs> then those long hairs do feel slightly crisp there's a, a slight rusticness that is a fuzziness <laughs> but if I take the skein and I rub it on my arm <laughs> or my lace yoke that sounds a bit better as a ball doesn't it like the lace yoke it actually feels softer, much softer than the initial feel. That handle is much softer and it's not crisp against the skin at all. Actually, it feels really quite silky. So if you've ever said, I'm not buying long wool or Shetland or whatever because it feels jaggy. Jaggy is what one friend calls it. Um, or rustic. And your buttery merinos and your, you know, cashmere merinos and your BFLs is what you like. I challenge you to give one of these yarns a go because you might just be surprised. You might just be surprised. And then you can tell me that you were surprised. I'd love to hear that. <laughs> then I could be really smug. Um, <laughs> anyway, back to the Lush. I am almost finished the yoke. It's been slow progress due to the other things happening and also making a fatal error, um, of which I'm not ready to talk about. Although, mainly it meant it involved not reading the pattern and you'd think I would know that by now because this is my third Lush. There are some fabulous yarns being used um, by the Lush Alongers and I'm really, really chuffed to see heaps of British yarns. There's a couple of lovely Blacker Swan in there, which actually you can get your hands on a 10% discount from Blacker, which is running for the duration of the cal. You just go onto the Blacker website, you buy your Falkland Swan double knit yarn, you get to the checkout and you put in the code LUSHCAL, which is all uppercase, 5634, LUSHCAL5634, and you'll get a 10% discount. Thank you very much to Blacker for that. They have been so, so generous. It's unbelievable. So, round of applause for them. And there's some fantastic hand dyes in, in the mix as well. I'm really, really loving looking at all the progress on the Chatter thread, which this week is in my group. Ginger Twist Jess um, is using some of her fantastic high, uh, hand dye, which is just so juicy. It's unbelievable. It's lovely. Ickle Chick is using Uzi by Skin Queen, which I reviewed on the podcast a wee while ago. That is going to be such a pretty garment. That is a fantastic yarn. Um, I really can't wait to see that one finished. It'll be lovely. I did actually consider using that one myself and I went to the last Skin Queen update too late and it was gone. <laughs> there, I told you before, make sure you set your alarm clock for those those shop updates. I'm not sure which day I'm putting the podcast out, but as of Sunday the 27th, the chat thread moves into the Knit Spin Cake group and I will be locking the thread in the Knit British group and linking to that one. So week two... The chat thread is in Knit Spin Cake. Week 3, it's in Caithness Craft Collective. Week 4, it's with Shiny Bees. Week 5, it's again with Knit Spin Cake. Week 6, it's me again. Week 7, Caithness Craft Collective. And last week, it's with Shiny Bees. And the finished object thread is going to be in her 
her group. So those are all things you have to remember. You'll find all the information on the website. You'll find all the information about where the safari is going to be um, in the current chat thread and it's on Ravelry and if you can't find anywhere then ask me and I'll send it to you. Lush Podcal is your tag and the finished object gallery will be in the Shiny Bees group on Ravelry. I closed the sign up thread um, in my group because it was getting a bit chatty but there's still time to join in. Just Rav message me, because I'm Lira, L-E-I-R-A, and I'll add you in. And there's people being added all the time. Um, so come and join us. And if you think you can finish by the 14th of September, that's fantastic. But if you think you can't, but you still want to join anyway, just join in. We'd love to have you. <laughs> Now another yarn that I was delighted to receive recently is Susan Crawford's new yarn Fenella, adding to her yarn range with a three ply. It's 100% British wool and it's 70% Exmoor Blueface and 30% Blueface Leicester, which is the same as her fantastic Exelana range. I say it's a three ply, it's actually a two ply but it knits to the vintage three ply gauge. Anyone who loves knitting vintage patterns will know that it's quite an elusive weight, but most of the garments that were designed from the 30s to the 50s use this weight. So, um, I mean, I haven't knit any vintage patterns, but I can only imagine how frustrating that must be. You can't quite get the right yarn um, for your project. And I think Susan really wanted to create a yarn that knitters could use and get that exact reproduction, but not have to accept near substitutes, because we all know what that's like when you use yarn and... You know, sort of play gauge chicken because you think you've got gauge but you're not quite sure or you haven't knitted a gauge swatch so you don't know and you don't find out till it's too late and that you know that could be really disappointing when you, or your item doesn't look the way it should. Fenella is dreamy, really dreamy. It's not tightly spun, it's very airy. It actually reminds me very much of a Shetland spun yarn in that respect and similar to the Shetland yarns it's got a lovely halo yeah, it's totally a dreamy yarn. As I said, I've not knit vintage, but when I got this yarn, I knew that I wanted to make something with a vintage Shetland feel. And it's a what I would call a traditional Shetland lace scarf, which is a shale pattern, and it's really, really easy. It's a repeat of the two, uh, same two lines. Um, it's hugely effective, but when you use different colours, it creates fantastic chevrons. It's really, really lovely. Um, I love knitting with this yarn. It's... It knits a beautifully, seriously a great yarn to work with. It creates a lovely light fabric. And it's really a delight on the needles. You know, the stitches are just speeding off the needles. It's really, really soft, really, really lustrous. And as I say, it's just fantastic to knit with. And the range of colours is also fantastic. There are 16 colours, which I think beats a lot of, you know, yarn ranges at the moment for colour-wise. And they're really stunning. I'm in love with the sort of... Uh, Mariner Navy and the Jonquil, which is a very soft, earthy mustard. In fact, there are quite a few colours that you could call earthy, but they're offset by some really zingy ones, like Limoncello and Atomic Red and Thalo, which is a lovely lime green. Fantastic range of colours. I don't know how they chose them and which ones they got rid of when they were <laughs> when they were deciding on their colour palette, but job well done. I know that with this impressive colour palette, this yarn is going to be amazing for colour work. I know that Susan is working on her vintage Shetland project and that's going to feature patterns which are 3-ply and 4-ply. 
So there's going to be some fantastic feral patterns that this yarn can be used for coming soon. And actually, speaking of that book, Susan is currently looking for knitters to help make samples of the 25 designs which have been reproduced from vintage patterns in the Shetland Museum and Archives. Sample knitters should be experienced at Fair Isle and Lace also would be helpful. So if you're interested in assisting, you can email her susan at susancrawfordvintage.com That's susan at susancrawfordvintage.com and check out her blog for more info which is just callmeruby.blogspot.co.uk as for Fenella, if you're a lover of vintage patterns or British yarns, and I should say it's reared, sheared, um, and spun at John Arbins and dyed in the borders, so it's really British from start to finish. If you like a really lightweight, airy fabric, or if you're partial to Fair Isle, you're just going to love this yarn, you really are. It's available in 25 gram skeins, which are 124 metres, and they're skeined by hand at Susan's Farm, so, you know, that's an extra homemade um, British touch, isn't it? And I think that also shows how how lovingly this yarn has sort of been produced that, um, you know, she's gone through the journey of choosing where to spin the yarn, choosing where to have the yarn dyed and by who, and then skeining it and balling it up at home. Really, really took to class. You can buy the yarn from www.susancrawfordshop.com where it costs just £4. So that's amazing yarn, amazing, I think an amazing price and I am really looking forward to seeing more designs in it. Thank you very much to Susan for the yarn. I'm sort of halfway through my 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 chevron lace scarf. This scarf you see a lot of in Shetland. You quite often see it in the natural colours. Um, and I think my granny had one and my mum has one. And um, I have one actually as a table runner on my dressing table. They're fantastic. I love them. Um, you can actually buy these for not a lot of money in the charity shops because there are knitters in Shetland who will knit these. Because um, you could, you know, they're, they're quite stash busty when you use small amounts of other colours than one main colour. So you can actually buy these um, new scarves in charity shops and locally. I'm making mine slightly skinny because I like a skinny scarf and it's sort of getting but well by the time I finish it because of everything else I'll have to do I have to do and have to knit and cows and things and secret things then it will be getting into the time of year where one will need to get a little bit warmer so um, I'm making a skinny scarf and actually really really enjoying it lovely 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 knit lovely yarn that's about it for another episode I do have a couple of other things to tell you about, but being a secret keeper, I think I'll sit on them for another um, for another day and just tease you a little bit more. Um, thank you so much to Townend Alpacas, to Truebit Knits, to Susan Crawford, um, and thank you to Claire Devine for that great giveaway. Big hellos to all the Lush Pod callers, and I usually say hello to the new kids in the KB group, but there are so many of you newbies, and you're mostly taking part in the Lush Pod call, so hello to you again, and hello to you if you're not knitting in the knit along and you've joined the group it's really lovely to have you join in say hello there because we like to hear about you and who you are and what you're knitting and um, it's lovely to hear from you also big hi and thank you to all the itunes reviewers you guys are fabulous <laughs> thank you so much I, you know thank you for just taking the time to you know click and rate and and say nice things i really really appreciate that and more than you know so thank you so much the music is again great big c and fortune as i got lots of compliments on it last time so you can find that on musicalley.com the links um, are on the show page at www.knitbritish.net you'll always find me there as well as on ravelry as lira and on twitter as knit underscore british 
Say hello or drop me a line through the contact page in the blog. I love hearing from you. Thanks for joining me and I'll be back soon with more of the same. But for now, toodaloo. Bonavis Harbor, lots of fish right in around here. Boys and girls are fishing together, 45 from Carbonier. Catch a hold this one, catch a hold that one, swing around this one, swing around she. That's around this one, that's around that one, diddle um this one, diddle um me.